is the Day Zero Update for January 19th, 2020. I'm Fui Horton Alpha. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. And Chrysology is at work and will be here... When he gets here. Bit. Sometime. Yeah. yeah, in a little bit. Yeah. Or not at all, as, as it happened last time. He got held up, so you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, this week was kind of eventful, which I'm kind of surprised by, because uh, yeah. it's like the week after CES, and usually people take things easy, but no, nope, that, that didn't happen this week. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily the kind of eventful we're happy about, but them's the breaks. I'll start us off as per usual. Uh, so I mentioned on Let's Weekend I got the Genesis Mini. I've been playing that quite a bit. Uh, went through and did the hack for it, which uh, was... A really, really nice experience. So there's a couple of different versions that you can use. Uh, Hack Cheese, if you've done the SNES Classic, you're probably familiar with. It's okay, it works, but it's not exactly what I would call user-friendly. Because yeah. uh, <clears throat> it, it does... Yeah, because it, it does things like it will... Uh, it'll get box art, but it goes to Google Images to do it. Uh, so you have, you never know what the hell you're going to end up with. Uh, sometimes you're looking for box art for a game and you get the wrong region and all that fun stuff. And yeah, it's, it's not the greatest user experience. The one uh, that I'm using right now is called Project Lunar. And, uh, this thing was clearly designed, uh, with pretty much anybody in mind. Uh, cause it's, it's step by step guides you through the process Basically, right off the bat, it tells you, uh, yeah, don't use the uh, USB cable that came with the Genesis Mini, because that's not going to work. Because as it turns out, that's a charge-only cable, and the data pins aren't connected. So that was uh, Sega's quote-unquote attempt at protecting the uh, system. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So, okay, so don't use that. Just use any other uh, cable with the data pins connected and uh, get in quite easily. Before it does anything, it just makes a backup of uh, the entire system. So if something goes horribly wrong, you're able to uh, get back to it. Uh, but yeah, adding games is really cool. You just uh, pick the ROM that you want to add. Uh, it puts it in your list. Uh, you can uh, There's a button that says Get Game Information. It'll go out to uh, Screen Scraper, find the game, show you a list of possible matches. You click on the one that it is. It goes in, it pulls the uh, metadata for it, it pulls the artworks and spine art, because, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really, really well done. Um, depending on the time of the day, uh, you might have issues actually hitting Screen Scraper, because they've got a rate-limited connection, so sometimes they just get weird errors, like they'll just go, uh, yeah, we can't find anything, but you try it again and you usually get it, or try it at a different time of day and it usually ends up working. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the newer versions of Project Lunar when that comes out, because uh, that will add the ability to uh, use RetroArch cores to boot specific games, which actually turns out to be necessary, because uh, there's some games that on the Genesis Mini that are problematic with the uh, uh, stock emulator that M2 provides, like uh, TMNT Hyperstone Heist, for instance, which is you know a pretty fun game. Uh, but there's no game audio in that, uh, game with the Ooh. M2 emulator. Mm. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, not glitchy audio, it's just none. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but Genesis Plus GX, if you load the game up with that core, it works just fine. So, 
Yeah, Hackchee can do that. That's part of the, the of their thing. They've got they're a little bit more advanced as far as features go, but um, Project Lunar is definitely ahead as far as usability goes, and they'll they'll catch up with uh, the other features too. So uh, I'm not too worried about that. And uh, yeah, apart from that, um, not much else. How about you, Pat? Oh, I'm still on my NHL 20 project. I know I still have to upload some more videos, but I haven't gotten around to that just yet. I'll probably do that today or tomorrow. Um, also, I just had the urge to play some old-school arcade racing yesterday, and so uh, Virtua Racing was was played in large, large amounts. <laughs> Yes, I and saw. I had a pretty good Grand Prix run at Big Forest, so that was fun. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was proud of that. I even put it up on YouTube. Mm. Um, and then, of course, uh, Street Fighter Five and Tekken Seven because I've been playing in tournaments again lately. And uh, yeah, I've got some matchups to learn, but I did better than I expected to do for my first tournament back in those games. Mm. So that was fun. Yeah. Mm. Hey. All right. Me? How about you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, still playing Witcher Three. Still playing uh, the uh, uh, Blood and Wine um, expansion. Uh, doing more side quests now. Um, there's a part in this game towards the end, uh, specifically this expansion, where. You end up going to this place that's called the Land of a Thousand Fables. Fables. It's basically a fairy tale kingdom, <laughs> and it's basically like all of the fairy tales crunched into one place. So, like, you end up following the Yellow Brick Road to a castle. There's Rapunzel. The Wicked Witch is there. You have to climb up a beanstalk to kill a giant. And it's all really, really funny <laughs> because it's – you know, it's all playing it straight, and then you have Geralt, who is like, I just don't have time for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it's still on sale on uh, PSN right now, but if it is, go get it. I got it for like $15, hmm. um, and that gets you the whole definitive edition. So if you have not played it or haven't played it enough or just want to relive it, get it. Because it is 100% worth it. And it's going to be something unique considering what a story we're going to be talking about in just a little bit. Mm. But uh, other than that, i uh, gotten back into Disco Elysium. Um, uh, that game is just, it always finds new ways to surprise me. Um, so like one of the things, so like even in the fictional world of Disco Elysium, there are still RPGs. <laughs> Um, and one of the things you do in the game is, uh, while you're asking around with these people to try and find this, uh, what are they, what are they, uh, for the, try, you know, cause the, the, the sort of like overall sort of story arc is that you're, you know, trying, investigating a murder of mm -hmm. a person who got like, you know, there was a corpse hung by like some, like some, uh, Harbor grade, uh, not rope, but like industrial straps, mm -hmm. the ones they use on ships and wharfs and stuff like that. And uh, nearby, one of the places you can go to is this bookstore, which is literally called uh, 
which it, it literally the bookstore is just called Crime, uh, Philosophy, and Biographies of Famous People. <laughs> <laughs> and the owner of the bookstore is like really super superstitious, and she's convinced that there's like a curse. Uh, and basically you have to kind of convince her into letting you into this part of the store that's like curtained off. And if you go into it, it'll basically like let you into other parts of the building. And uh, it's sort of like the – it's there's not really any ghost or there or anything. But basically it's just the remains of all the old crap – of all like the old failed businesses that were there before the bookstore opened up. And one of them happened to be a studio that was working on what they call radio computer or RPG games. Because <laughs> this, you know, in this universe, uh, video games, at least in this area of the world, aren't really a thing. But RPGs definitely still are. And what people do is they do um, call in radio RPGs, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and. There's this studio that was actually trying to find a process to automate them. Hmm. And it's just, God, that game is so good, and it always finds new ways to surprise me. Hmm. If you've got it, go get it. It's on GOG. It's on Steam. Play it. You'll love it. Trust me on this. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much all I got. All right. So uh, Chris is still not here yet, I don't think. Mm. So uh, we'll just get into the stories, and we'll catch up with him when he gets here. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's get into it. First thing and foremost, I guess, just kind of happened, uh, I think, yesterday. Uh, announcement from uh, Ed Boon that, uh, yeah, there's a new Mortal Kombat animated movie coming. Hmm. Cool. Before the summer. Uh, Mortal Kombat Legends, uh, which mm-hmm. implies that there might be more than one. Yeah. Uh, this one here is uh, Scorpion's Revenge. So, yeah. You know, this might be a better way to deliver the stuff that would have gone into Mythologies games. Yeah. Rather than actually putting them in games. Yeah. yeah. Especially how Because well there are a lot of great stories out. to be told, but maybe not in the context of a platformer that yeah. uses fighting game controls. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That didn't go well. Um, so yeah, that should hit streaming services uh, sometime before June, July. And they said, uh, yeah, it's going to be bef- in the first half of this year, but not quite sure exactly when. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that. Probably going to be pretty good, uh, especially since uh, there's there's some pretty good voice talent in there. There's uh, you know, and NetherRealm is contributing on the writing, so it's not like it's one of those completely you know outsource things. Um, so yeah, it should actually be pretty interesting. So keep an eye on that. And there's still the, the Mortal Kombat movie itself, which, yeah, as far as I know, is, is still stuck in limbo. So mm. yeah, don't know what it's, it's, it's moving forward. They've got a cast, they're filming. Mm. Um, it, it is moving forward at this point. Yeah. So we'll see, uh, whether it actually makes it for, uh, this year release. I doubt it. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this news broke earlier this week. Uh, Sony has decided that they're going to skip E3 again this year. At this point, I think they're just kind of done with E3 as a, as a whole. Yeah. Um, I don't pretty... think they really understand the platform that E3 still provides uh, companies. 
It, it does. It does give you a disproportionate level of attention compared to other trade shows and um, just other mediums. So, yeah. Well, I find it kind of interesting because um, they Sony has had beef with the ESA for the last couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't show up last year. Uh, the year before that, they were they did, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a great show for one thing. Well, the, their last three E3 uh, pressers have sucked. Yeah. Oh. That, that's that's the monster they made. Yeah. So th- there's been that. Uh, but uh, their their approach seems to be like they want to do smaller events throughout the throughout the year, do stuff that's more public facing. Uh, oh. I can kind of see that if they're going to be a more, you know, like Nintendo Direct kind of thing but i mean they do state of plays whenever they have stuff to to announce yeah. uh so it, this is really a case where the esa has to find some sort of reason f- to uh convince uh companies yeah. to show up uh microsoft uh, despite the fact that they're very prevalent at e3 they're not actually at e3 uh yeah, yeah. is they they they're at the nokia theater which is well, because they don't have to pay, uh, you know, booth booth fees and all of that because they own the damn building. So that's that's one thing that Microsoft is doing. But yet, they're still scheduling their events at the same time as E3 to coincide yeah. with E3 to, to you know to do all that. It's part of the. It's generally regarded as part of the festivities. Yeah, same thing with EA. Uh, there's a, there's an indicate that goes on as well. Uh, you know. And Sony not showing up for me just kind of seems like yeah this is we don't really want to play the game so we're just going to make up our own rules. Mm. Uh, I mean they're gonna they're gonna get some attention with whatever they end up announcing during that time because I'm sure they're gonna have a few things to say, but it's gonna be drowned out by everything else going on at E3 because it is gonna be still probably for mm-hmm. another couple of years at least the the mm-hmm. main focal point of the gaming industry. Yep. Mm. Which I would think would be reason enough to take part, but yeah. here we are. Yeah, here's uh, Arrogant Sony, as um, we are often point out. Uh, we also have the uh, link to the ESA's response, which was like uh, four lines, basically. And uh, apparently there's uh, activations and programming going on. So, yeah... <laughs> Uh, apparently the ESA has no idea of their own relevance at this point because, uh, oh. yeah, I mean, if you guys want to, want to read over this whole thing, it's short enough that we can actually read the whole damn thing. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I won't do it because yeah. I can't sight read, so. Yeah, hold on. I'll mm. see what we got here. Mm. Uh... E3 is a signature event celebrating the video game industry and showcasing the people, brands, and innovations redefining entertainment, loved by billions of people around the world. E3 2020 will be an exciting, high-energy show featuring new experiences, partners, exhibitor spaces, activations, and programming that will entertain new and veteran attendees alike. Exhibitor interest in our new activations is gaining the attention of brands that view E3 as a key opportunity to connect with video game fans worldwide. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Um, they didn't mention Sony in nope. at all. Uh, also, I have no idea what the fuck activations are, but apparently people are interested in them. Uh, so yeah, that's 
that was the ESA's response to losing a big uh, contributor. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's not a good look if you're trying to uh, you know convince people that you're relevant in some way. Mm-hmm. You're not doing a good job of that. So, well, we'll see what happens this uh, year. Uh, it's going to be an interesting June. I'll say that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll move on. Mm. We got uh, rumors stating that Horizon Zero Dawn is going to PC. Uh, I believe it's Kotaku reporting this. Kotaku, but uh, the story's been picked up by several other sites, and uh, the source is uh, uh, supposedly a Russian YouTuber who has actually had a pretty uh, solid track record so far. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I mean, it can only it can only do good. I mean, it's a great game, so I'd be great. It'd be great if PC only players get to play it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's an old game by this point, so anybody who's on the PlayStation who's wanted to play it probably already has. Uh, so expanding the audience out, definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this goes along with uh, Death Stranding coming to PC this summer. Um, well, that one's a little less surprising since uh, that was second party. You know, Kojima yeah. isn't Sony exclusive. So, uh, so yeah, if this is good news if true. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, I will certainly play it on PC because, well, yeah, PC is a great platform to play stuff on. So there, uh, we got weird news. Okay, I'm going to have to explain this one if you haven't, if you're not familiar with what's going on here. Uh, EA just released a patch for Jedi Fallen Order that nerfs photo mode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you guys know what photo mode does. It basically stops things and lets you just take pictures of whatever you happen to be going on in the game. Mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward, right? Well, there was an interesting issue that cropped up with uh, Jedi Fallen Order's photo mode in that uh, if you, if uh, whatever enemy was uh, throw, shooting rockets at you, mm-hmm. you could go into photo mode uh basically bump the camera into the rockets and blow them up and then leave photo mode and you wouldn't take any damage. Why'd they take that out? That'd be a neat feature. <laughs> <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose of photo mode, really, if it, that's kind I of know, an exploit. But it's but... Basically just you using the force to blow up a rocket before it gets you. <laughs> yeah, but you should do that in the game, not in photo mode, you know, where you yeah, can stop everything. Yeah, that's true. It's still, it's just, uh, I found this amusing because it's just one of those weird bugs that crops up and you're like, how did they not no- notice this? <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. then you realize it's like, you know, games are so complex, uh, trying to test out every single scenario in a, in a mode is probably... Uh, it's a little difficult, so you know stuff can get through, and this is what an example of the weird stuff that does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So this uh, this patch went out. So yeah, if you uh, one and two exploit it, that's that's gone now. So sorry about that. Uh, next up, uh, Square Enix has some delays, and quite a few of them actually. Uh, I guess the biggest one is that uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake was pushed till April. Which is, I mean, isn't that basically just pushing back like a month? Yeah, it's only a month. So, not not that huge of a deal. No. Yeah. 
still. I mean, it's got a, it's upset a lot of people, and I think uh, well, it also kind of gives that demo that may or may not come out mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more breathing room. So maybe good in that respect. Um, whether the game will actually be worth playing and buying is another matter. I'm still not convinced on it, to be honest. Don't mm-hmm. know, don't know what your thoughts on the on the the whole thing are, but anyway. No, uh, I was done with that game shortly after it was announced. Hmm. Yeah, they've shown a whole bunch, and like nothing has really nothing's grabbed you. So no, nothing has really shown me that um, that they're making any effort at all to reach out to you know traditional RPG fans. Hmm. So you know. I'll probably still play it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to need to, because I'm going to need something to fill the void. <laughs> yeah, which we'll get to in just a moment. Yeah. Also, Chris is with us now. Hey, Chris. Hey. hey. Uh, all right, well, we're kind of about halfway through here, but uh, if you want to like, let us know what uh, you've been up to this week, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, Yeah, so I've been doing more uh, in Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a stream yesterday. Uh, basically finished up the Saiyan Saga. Mm. Uh, basically where I'm at is kind of getting ready for them to go to Planet Namek. Uh, and that's about nine hours in. Hmm. Uh, so they're definitely, definitely feels like a nice pace to it. Kind of like the, uh, a little bit faster than what the original show was, uh, in terms of pacing. But, uh, you get a a few moments to kind of do some extra things and whatnot if you want to, Mm -hmm. uh, don't have to just rush through the main storyline stuff. Uh, which is good because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like fan service stuff in the the margins if you want to do that stuff. Uh, so yeah, because you when you get to the different uh, areas, you often uh, when you look around you see uh, the icons uh, for different characters that are hanging out in that area for some reason. Hmm. Uh, and a lot of them so far have been uh, side characters and people from Dragon Ball. So, like, uh, I went to Korin's Tower. Uh, when you go down to the bottom, obviously you see there, uh, not Upa, but his father uh, is hanging out down there. Uh, but also you see some people are just, like, in pretty much every zone whenever you go there. Uh, like, Baba is hanging around. Uh, I found Yajirobe hanging around there. Uh, for some reason, Dr. Brief was also there. I was like, why the fuck is he there? He's supposed to be hanging out in his uh, Capsule Corp home. That's... Basically, during the show, that's where he is most of the time. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there's they also have some nice touches. Like after uh, finishing the Saiyan Saga, uh, it's basically Gohan is the only one that's around of the party you have uh, uh, because Goku's in the hospital for some reason. Uh, they don't get him the 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 sense of being until when they need him to go. Uh, and uh, Piccolo's obviously not around. Uh, so Gohan's kind of the one that's kind of taking care of things, uh, doing some side stuff. And I found out uh, when I went by the hospital that Yajirobe's hanging by, and he's like, oh, they didn't let me uh, get treatment at the hospital because it apparently wasn't severe enough. Yeah. He was, like, upset he didn't get free food. <laughs> hanging out there, and I was like, okay, wait, do they have just free health care in this world? Apparently. It seems like it because Goku doesn't really have any money to be laid up in – uh, the hospital for uh, days or weeks uh, like he is hmm. uh, and so 
Dr. Obi is that much of a lazy schmuck that he's kind of just uh, hoping to just get hospital food <laughs> uh, after the nothing he really does during the, the, the Vegeta fight where he just cuts off his tail. That's the one thing he does. That's a pretty big thing, though. Yeah. yeah. It is, but it's also, uh, like, before that, they come up with a plan, like, okay, Yajirobe and Gohan, you go up front, you distract him, because Krillin's going to use his destructive disc to cut off the tail. And Yajirobe's like, I ain't doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's not risking himself on that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he does the same thing when uh, the Raditz uh, Raditz gets, uh, kidnaps Gohan, where he's basically saying, or he's hanging out nearby, he's like, Oh, something's going on over there. I ain't going over there, though. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and there's a fun bit when uh, Gohan's getting trained by Piccolo on the on the weird desert forest area wherever they're at. Uh, uh, and I guess part of Kai uh, training with uh, Kami, uh, he has the, the guys go down and, I guess, get a fight with Piccolo. Mm-hmm. Maybe not specifically with Piccolo, but they need to get a fight with somebody that's been stronger than him. So they all pick a fight with uh, Piccolo and uh, Piccolo runs into Yajirobe. He assumes that he's there to fight him, <laughs> uh, and so he's like, uh, Yajirobe keeps hinting at like he's going to just go hunting, get some food, uh, that kind of thing. And Piccolo's like, "Well, this is a weird tactic to use. Uh, he's trying to distract me uh, to get an edge on me, kind of thing." And they just go through this whole weird scenario of uh, then Piccolo just finds him hiding behind a rock. He's like, if you're going to fight, let's fight. He's like, I never wanted to fight you. <laughs> and he's like, all right. Then Piccolo's like just mad because he's been uh, expecting the fight there. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that was – they do a lot of fun stuff like that. Uh, uh, there is uh, a lot of like extra fluff that doesn't really need to be in this game. Uh, things like uh, there are random towers – hanging around that you need to destroy. You don't really have to, I don't think, because I don't think they do anything. But they're there for you to destroy to get extra materials for crafting or giving gifts for the, the little weird community thing uh, in the game. And they're just red ribbon towers, like the the one that Goku storms to free Aider hmm. when he's going after one of the Dragon Balls in uh, Dragon Ball. Uh, that is... Those just around. It's like, I don't know why these are here other than just like another icon to put on the map. Hmm. Uh, and they also have, uh, what else? They have, uh, they have like extra tough boss fights or not boss fights, but tough enemies that hang around some areas, uh, which I went to go do before I realized that, uh, my level 15 Gohan was taking on these level 29 robots. <laughs> I was like, I was doing nothing to them. Mm. And I wanted to run away, but you can't do that. So you have to die, and then uh, then you have to load a save. Luckily, my autosave was not too far back, but you can lose some progress if you're not careful there with that stuff. Yeah. Uh, they don't just let you say, like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done this. Let me just bail on these guys. Uh, you can't even just fly away because it kind of locks you into an arena hmm. uh, of sorts. So it's like some weird stuff like that. Uh there's orbs all over the goddamn place uh, that are currency for upgrading your character because uh, each of the characters has a skill tree to mm-hmm. like uh, upgrade their moves and that kind of stuff. Uh, and the initially, I'm like, oh, these like crackdown orbs, and it's like, no, they just keep respawning. Uh, they're just there to be like something to 
fill your time. And I kind of feel like mm. uh, it'd be better if that stuff was less. Uh, if they had just less of those because uh, there's like uh, there's regular orbs and there's like these rainbow versions of each of the the different colors. Uh, and so far, I haven't had to use the rainbow orbs yet, but uh, a lot of time if I'm just trying to upgrade my character as much as I can. Uh, there's a lot of just flying around catching that stuff, and it feels like mm. they could do with just kind of like 80% of these orbs, uh, just having the ones that maybe have like 20 in them or something like that, mm. uh, and just making it so that you just want to do fights to get orbs if you need to to grind up mm. uh, for stuff to upgrade your characters. Like it feels like that kind of thing could definitely be uh, an improvement. And yeah, controls are still a little bit of an issue. I've gotten used to the using circle as your melee button for your main attacks. Uh, the one issue is that uh, the two shoulder buttons you're using most of the time are L2 and L1. Uh, L2 is your block, so you have the ability to uh, mitigate damage that you're going to get uh, when you're in fights. Uh, and L1 is what you use to pull up your like special moves. So like for uh, Goku, I could use the Kamehameha that way. Uh, transformations are L2, R2. Uh, you do that and it pulls up like your list of trans- transformations you have available. So when I was fighting Vegeta with Goku, I could do Kaioken from there. Hmm. Uh, but that drains your, your key and your health uh, as long as you're in that form. So you kind of definitely want to be careful when you're going to be using it. Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, and so yeah, I kind of feel like if they had balanced that out a little bit. R1 is for your support characters. Uh, so if you have people working with you, like uh, during the Saiyan Saga, you have uh, Gohan, Krillin, and Piccolo fighting together for a bit, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, they took out Yamcha and Tien pretty quickly uh, when they both died during that fight. Uh, they definitely paid homage to Yamcha doing his infamous death scene. <laughs> uh, Crater. <laughs> yeah, which is fun when you go to the, the three-hour mark. You have to wait for three hours for Goku to potentially come back. Because uh, you can just go and see, like, Yamcha and Tien are both just lying on the ground. <laughs> and it's like, really? don't bother with the actual fight. <laughs> no. Uh, and there's the point where they're like, uh, we need you guys, we need you to get Vegeta out of here to, for this ne- rest of this fight so we can get these guys to storage uh, for when they get the the Dragon Balls in uh, Namek. Hmm. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but it was kind of weird to be like, oh, I can go around and, I guess, collect orbs or something. There's no... I can't leave the area, so there's no uh, side missions or anything here. Uh, so you can kind of just chill around. But uh, yeah, I think I think this is uh, probably one of the best uh, like actual uh, Dragon Ball Z action games around. Yeah. Uh, they've had a couple of uh, good and decent uh, fighting games, but the when they've tried to just do like an RPG or an action game, it's not really gone too well. Yeah. Uh, so they've done a really good job here of presenting the story and kind of pacing it pretty well for an RPG, but uh, it's probably not a very good RPG because your party just constantly changes depending on the how the story's going. Mm. So you're not like it's not like you know playing The Witcher or anything like that where you're just like here's my main character and then occasionally I have people with me that kind of thing. Uh, here you're just kind of constantly switching back and forth and you can't really manage the other characters when they're not when you're not directly controlling them. So, like, I can't go and do the upgrades for, you know, Goku or Piccolo or whatever when I'm just in control of Gohan, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. 
Okay, so that's a, annoying. Yeah. yeah. But they they pull the story moments uh, into that, like when Goku's coming back from Snake Way. There's like, all right, Goku, here's 134,000 XP. You're a fucking level 17 now, even though you were 10 when you let, when you got killed, uh, kind of thing. Like, they play around with that stuff in a kind of fun way. It's like, oh yeah, he's way more powerful than the last time you saw him. So here's just a fucking shit ton of XP, so he gets to an appropriate level for where he needs to go. <laughs> uh, that kind of thing, which is just kind of funny when it's like, I was like, holy shit, 134,000 XP, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, they just like. He's level 17 now. They're just like, here's all the XP you've been, you got for uh, training on the Kai world. <laughs> uh, they do have you do, uh, when Goku gets killed, they have you do like a little weird little quiz with uh, uh, King Yema. Because uh, you're talking about, he's asking about Raditz. Like, oh, did Raditz come through here? Oh, he's yeah. He's like, yeah, we had trouble with this guy. We sent him down uh, to hell. Uh, and he didn't, he didn't take that too kindly, so... Uh, then he like quizzes you, and uh, when he gets to the the fifth question, he's like, "What question is this? Fourth question, uh, fourth question, or fifth question?" He's like, "Oh wait, what? What is that? I put fifth because I was like, yeah, that's right. We had four others.'" And he's like, "Wrong. It's the fourth one." And he's like, "No, I'm pretty sure it's the fifth. And he's like, "One, two, okay, whatever. It's fifth. I was trying, I was testing you." Uh, they do they good do a good job with the comedy moments in this game, mm. um, and yeah, like. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, and then when you get to King Kai's planets, he has you tell him a joke. Because uh, he's like, "I'm not going to train you if you don't, if you can't uh, make me laugh." That kind of thing. Luckily, he's easily amused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they specifically give you like uh, a choice of jokes, and like two of them I think are the ones that he's told you, uh, and the other ones the uh, "Have a nice trip, we'll see you next fall" joke. That's really fucking dumb, mm. uh, but it gets King Kai laughing. Mm. Uh, and yeah, they they do a lot of good stuff with the the story and the humor and all that so far. Um, and the the cutscenes are done really well. Uh, they do a really good job with the the the, the effects and all that because when uh when Goku and Vegeta are going uh, doing their Gal Gun versus Kamehameha bit there at the end, uh, the effects are just look really good. Mm. Uh, especially when they do the split screen and they have the the border between there is kind of uh, shaking with like the the might of the power that's going on right there, they do a really good job with the effects and it just looks really good in the cutscenes. Uh, they've that's done good. a really good job with that stuff. Yeah, it's it was like holy shit, this looks really good. Uh, when I was seeing this, like they're they're not holding it back based on just how the original show looks dated. Uh, they definitely upgraded it and it looks really nice. The only parts that it doesn't is just when they're doing. Uh, just have the character models doing the the voice acting yeah. and it's obvious that they were mouthing for the japanese voice acting and they don't really change it for the american the english voice acting uh that's the only part where it really looks like off uh when they do that stuff but otherwise it uh it looks fine and uh well, yeah. is the japanese voiceover an option uh maybe i don't know i didn't have it on so i didn't really check uh, but I think it might be. Yeah, I think it is. You can select. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, the yeah the only real issues I have with it is like lack of control customization options and uh, some of the the systems kind of being like it feels like they just added a bunch of stuff in there just to kind of be filler 
content mechanics. Hmm. It's like oh, this just doesn't really. Syndrome. Yeah, it kind of doesn't really need to be that. But I'm hoping this does well enough because I would like them to apply the same formula uh, for the original Dragon Ball show. Because hmm. I think oh, that yeah. show is just so. So good, and you're going all over the place. Uh, there'd be lots of good fights and moments they could do there, and it's just it's a fucking silly and ridiculous show that people well, need think, to see. I think the original Dragon Ball would actually be really well suited for a straight up traditional JRPG, yeah. especially because mm-hmm. you would have Goku as the constant. It's not like Z, where it's constantly changing who's in your party, essentially. Yeah, where it's like here you're you got Goku for a bit, and then you got Gohan because Goku's dead for a while, and then you got Piccolo as well. Uh, you're not switching over constantly. Where you have it's just Goku the entire time. But you got a lot and of it, turnover in the supporting cast. Yeah, that hmm. would be the part where it works out pretty well. Uh, and yeah, the uh, and I think it it would be enough variety from each saga there, and especially oh, yeah. when you get to tournament time, there'd be a lot of silly stuff there that you can do and uh, play into the with the humor, uh, especially with some of the the crazy uh, fights in the tournaments. Uh, that would work out pretty well. I think that would be a, a big winner. Uh, then they could do Super after that if they want. Yeah. Uh, I think all three of those shows could do yeah. a great job in this format. Mm. Especially because there's less of less people dying in uh, Super. Mm. They're like, we're done with killing people off because uh, yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. And then bringing them back. Well, even the dead are on later. hand. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can just bring people back at will because there's no it's not it's not a thing anymore hmm. once they kill you know goku and vegeta and these others off multiple times and just like ah oh, you're back whatever <laughs> who cares yeah you know like the entirety of dragon ball it's like this very serious thing uh like when uh key characters die and you're like oh shit hmm. uh shit's real now and i was like by super is like yeah whatever we're fighting this universal tournaments as people are blinking out of existence and whatever <laughs> uh, none of this fucking matters like we'll just, we'll just bring one of the one of the people out of hell to help us out in this tournament because mm-hmm. sure why not yeah uh, who cares it's yeah there's there'd be fun to that as well mm. but yeah having this like that that super could be a good like uh co-op RPG kind of thing. You should have one person as Goku, one as Vegeta, yeah. uh, kind of doing that stuff. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of potential for just expanding this formula to the other shows. Mm. Uh, that would work really well, uh, especially compared to the way they've way they've done like Naruto and uh, One Piece, where it's like, ah, eh, they're they're kind of all right stuff. There, uh, the fighters for uh, Naruto have been better than the the a lot of the non-fighter stuff there. Um, at least of late, uh, those ones they had uh, in the real games that were early on in the 360 generation that Ubisoft made were kind of pretty cool. Uh, and that, this kind of feels like that kind of spirit, where it's like you can tell these people are huge fans of the series and kind of want to just uh, display it authentically in a game in a way that we hadn't really seen before. Hmm. Uh, that just works really well. And so yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty cool game for Dragon Ball Z fans. Yep. Uh, and even for people that aren't well versed, they have the uh, the Z Encyclopedia in there, mm-hmm. which just has tons of information on the different characters. They even have relationship graphs, uh, just showing you like here's Goku, uh, here's Chi Chi, their husband and wife, and their parents to Gohan, who is the student of Piccolo, 
who's the rival of Goku. He's like just all these fucking charts, the shit that they fill out and change up as the story goes. Uh, it, it just blows my mind that uh, it's the year 2020 and there are reasonably people who are experiencing the Dragon Ball storyline for the very first time through this. Yeah. Yeah, it's not – unless you're getting like the DVD or uh, getting the, the Blu-rays like passed down to you, I could definitely see that because it's not really – Unless you're streaming to Funimation now, which unless you know you're a fan of the stuff they're they put yeah. out, you're probably not putting in the money on that on a blind whim. Uh, that's one of those things where it's I can definitely see people now where it's like that show's kind of old enough where it's not. Uh, people have heard about it because it's big in pop culture, but it, yeah, mm-hmm. chances of seeing it, it's like it's not on TV that much. I assume at this point, yeah. Uh, unlike you know, for the late '90s and early 2000s, it was on every fucking week. Yeah. It's like, all right, we got to the end of the uh, the Namek saga. We got to start all over again because we don't have any new shows for a while. Episodes <laughs> oh, for a while. God, I remember that. Just got to mm. keep starting over again. Then you have to make sure you change the channel when they're getting to the the end of the episode because they're going to spoil what happens next week. <laughs> it's like, oh, is Goku going to beat uh, Frieza or is he going to lose? And it's like, next week. Vegeta's de- or Frieza's dead. Goku wins. <laughs> now he's got to get off the planet. It's like, what the fuck did you just do, you idiots? Ah, hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. But this is a good way for people to really get back in, either get back into it if they haven't thought about Dragon Ball Z for a while, or people that want to kind of check it out and have heard things about it. Hmm. Uh, this game's actually been uh, a lot of fun to kind of get into that. And that Z Encyclopedia has a lot of cool stuff in it. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Character information. Uh, story moments. They even let you rewatch the cutscenes and have a uh, music player in there, so you can listen to some of that stuff again. Hmm. Uh, lots of good, lots of good information there. If you're like, "Who the fuck is Nam? What the fuck is he saying?" Like, I knew you when you were a kid. Hmm. Like, you can go look back and like, "Oh yeah, this." And they have like, they have lots of cool like uh, uh, items that are from Dragon Ball. Like, here's the the Mark Stone that uh, Roshi threw into the forest to have. Goku and uh, Tr- uh, Krillin go find. And it's like tells you a little bit about this and has like a, a shot of the show of a scene from there. And it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Hmm. It's like these are the cool moments that they're obviously not going to cover in this game, but uh, hopefully it does well enough that they're like, hey, let's do this with Dragon Ball because that would be really cool. Yeah. Especially for how dated that show looks at this point. Yeah. Uh, even just purely just uh, tech wise. That's a. It was the early a, '80s. So. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it has a nice charm to it, uh, but there's definitely like a an aspect to it. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if there are kids that maybe come upon this stuff. It's like, wow, this looks so old. I'm not going to watch this. Mm. And it's like uh, this the way they do with uh, uh, in this engine that they're using. It should be should look really good. Yeah. Uh, especially good. especially be able to. Maybe do a bit better with the uh, proportions and all that. Uh, but yeah, they definitely do call out Roshi on his perviness. Uh, when Goku's taking Gohan to over to the Kame house uh, for the first time, he's like, I hope he's uh, he's a little bit too pervy. Uh, like Goku's even like pervi- uh, annoyed by his his uh, horniness all the time, uh, which is uh, preceded by him uh, by turtles stealing his uh, nudie mags and hiding them. Uh, and Roshi asked you to get him back for him, uh, which I found 
actually I swear he's to, like one incident away from a full intervention yeah uh which then i found uh one of the islands nearby that's like a whole open world area you can kind of go to uh one of the islands nearby i found uh oolong just looking at his own magazine on this island it's like you had to go all the way over here to look at this thing <laughs> it was like really weird uh thing i was like all right i guess if that's how much room you need to get get your fucking rocks off i don't know but I feel like you didn't have to go this far for that. Uh, but yeah, that, that game's pretty cool. It just implies that he's into some really fucked up shit that he had to get away from civilized society in order to... Yeah, it was just like swimsuit stuff. Uh, it's like a girl just on her stomach and then some other girl on the other page with like a bath towel. That was it. <laughs> it, was, it was really high-res uh, art, so... Uh, <laughs> I was like, that's really high res for what you would expect out of just a magazine sitting on a rock over here. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of good detail and fan service in there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that game's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm definitely putting some more time into it. Uh, getting dynamic here. Right. See how that craziness with the Ginyu Force goes. Yep. Alrighty, so let's get back to the news. Uh... What we have here is The Avengers has shipped to, well, shipped, slipped to September. That's the opposite of shipped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I don't know what the, the the reason for the delay was, but uh, either way, uh, it's now coming out in September and will probably still disappoint everybody when it does. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I imagine kind of coming down to the end and they probably realize they still need more time. And also the, I think they mentioned that they had to like really state like what this game is. Cause I don't think people necessarily understand what it is at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cause yeah, like uh, it says when we set out to bring our vision for Marvel's adventures, we committed to delivering an original story, a story driven campaign, engaging co-op and compelling content for years to come. To that end, we will spend this additional development time focusing on fine-tuning and polishing the game to the high standards our fans expect and deserve. But sure. Okay, uh, we'll see. Um, maybe you can, at some point, let us know what the gameplay is actually like. That, that, that would yeah. be helpful. Yeah. I do like earlier that they put the term True Believers uh, with capital True, capital Believers. So like... That's a hell of a thing to put in your <laughs> statement. Yeah. All uh, the real fans, they they know what's going on here. Mm. Uh, but the rest of you idiots, uh, we got to school you on some shit here. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, hopefully it results in a good game. Yeah. Because right now we just don't really know much about it. Mm. It's kind of like, I guess, Destiny. Uh, yeah, the weird thing I think I remember reading is that uh, only one person can be each of the characters. Yeah, which kind of makes yeah. sense. I mean, yeah, but if you start up your character, like your own character, doing your own thing, you have to coordinate with your friends. Like, okay, you have to be the Hulk, or you know, this. You can't be the character you want to be because everybody wants to be Iron Man or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. kind of weird thing. Mm. Well, I get to be the Iron Man this time. Well, it'll be an interesting social experiment. See if yeah. people can actually get along. <laughs> Yes. Uh, oh, nerds getting along, jeez. Uh, yeah. We can dream, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so other delays, Iron Man VR ship, uh, slips to May. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
this is kind of disappointing because it actually legitimately looked looked pretty awesome. Yeah, it actually looks like the game that like one of like the two games that might actually make VR a thing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they said uh, in order to deliver on our vision and meet the high expectations of our amazing community, made a difficult decision to move Iron Marvel's Iron Man VR to a May 15, twenty twenty release. Mm. Uh, truly appreciate your patience, and understanding. You'll be hearing from us again soon. Yeah. So, yeah, a couple more months to get the polishing and all that down. Yeah. Uh, should be good. Yeah, it should should be. Good reason to uh, keep the PSVR around. Yeah, and it'll be uh, that'll be a good time frame because that'll be a couple weeks before The Last of Us, I think. That's yep. towards the end of May. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be a good month for PS4. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's supposed to be out actually in a few weeks. It's like a month from now. May, uh, February 28th was the original date. Yeah. So yeah. they're probably like, oh shit, we're supposed to be done. Uh, we need some more time. Hmm. Mm. At least, uh, I think Sony's publishing this, uh, or at least they're PSVR exclusive. I don't know if they're publishing it or not, but at least it seems like uh, they've got the leeway to kind of do what they need to. Yeah. And so that's good. Uh, next up, delay in Cyberpunk 2077. That's going to oh. September. Yeah, this was the one that hurt. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you know you consider like uh, we we were thinking like yeah okay they'll delay it till September give them some time yeah don't have to stress too much and no that that didn't happen uh, because uh, CD Projekt Red's uh, founder was basically saying yeah crunch is unavoidable and we're going to have a lot of long hours until we get there yeah which was in contrast to their earlier statement saying like. Yeah, we're going to do everything we can to avoid crunch. Yeah. Mm. Uh, people need time off. You know, that's fine. We'll do everything we can. It's like, uh, good job, guys. Yeah. Um, the double speak <laughs> yeah. is a thing. Uh, so that's kind of put a damper on the game for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Especially it's like, you guys had it all going for you. You had Keanu Reeves saying mm-hmm. shit about your game. Yeah. Uh, and being in it now, you're kind of like uh, getting a little slimy here towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what they said is that you know the game is complete and playable. Um, so the statement they put out is: we are currently at a stage where the game is complete and playable, but there's still work to be done. Night City is massive, full of stories, content, and places to visit. But due to the sheer scale and complexity of it all, we need more time to finish play testing, fixing, and polishing. Uh, we want Cyberpunk 2077 to be our crowning achievement for this generation, and postponing launch will give us the precious months we need to make the game perfect. Expect more regular updates on progress as we get closer to the new release date. Yeah, and I yeah. guess people weren't too surprised because they haven't been talking about it for a while. Hmm. Yeah, um, well, the thing also is this is not unusual. No, CD they did Project the same Red. thing with uh, Witcher. The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're actually less egregious about it than they were with Witcher 3. Mm. Uh, because Witcher 3 was like at a point where like it was a couple of months away from release and then they announced that, you know they were pushing it back again. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure they ended up pushing the date back at least five times. So, well, they kept going to E3 with it. Yeah. It was like, uh, you guys need to put it out. 
Yeah. Uh, stop showing it because. Should or uh, get off the pot. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, you know, it's, let's see, it was supposed to come out in April. It's coming to September. It's only about five months yeah. from the original. So yes, I was mad about it for about maybe an hour and a half, and then I got over it. Yeah, yeah. Except for that whole thing about, uh, you know, he ex- the CEO expecting everybody to work long hours. That's uh... Well, I do want to point out this, and this is something somebody pointed out to me. Uh, what they consider crunch in Europe is not necessarily uh, to the degree that it is over in the U.S. and in Japan. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, it still kind of sucks, but it's not quite as bad as it could be. So Yeah, yeah though I've, seen, I've seen people that, uh, like Saz Sosowski, who is a Polish developer, Made a bunch of weird fucking games, but he knows the scene down there. And as soon as this news came out, people were like, "Oh yeah, take your time. You know, don't uh, rush yourselves on this." And he's like, "Oh, they've been in crunch for a while. This <laughs> yeah. is this is extending the crunch that they're <laughs> yeah. going through. This isn't making their lives any better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're just literally trying to make the give them more time to get the product uh, to where it needs to be. Because yeah, it's Obviously, bringing up the the whole uh, thing about uh, scale and crunch and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's like, why the fuck does this game have to be as huge as it is? Mm. You know, it's cool that they can get it to there, but obviously, with how long they've been working on it, you know, it's maybe could have been pared down a bit to be more reasonable. Yeah. Uh, when you have game after game after game that are like, oh, we got to have, you know. Fallout 76 is four times the size of Fallout 4, and I'm like, why the fuck do you need that? <laughs> Fallout 4 was fucking huge. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, now you're going to have a game where there's nobody in it, because you're going to have 24 people on the entire map. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of uh, NPCs. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ, that's too much room. Uh, it's like, you're not Minecraft, it's just able to randomly generate... Uh, infinite amount of space, essentially. Yeah, it's like it's because that game's not storing that much data for that. Yeah. In desperation, I actually went on CD Projekt Red's Twitter and I basically asked him, "Was like, okay, is this like a hard delay where it's absolutely delayed till September, or is that just a window of time where the game could possibly be finished and released before then?" It's like I was going through like all five stages of grief within <laughs> one hour. <laughs> Oh wow! Mm. So, yeah. Do they still have multiplayer as a thing in this game? They do, but they said they don't expect to, to ship that before 2021. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, "Who the fuck wants that?" <laughs> Other than weirdos. <laughs> uh, considering what this game's going to be, I'm. I wouldn't. Well, I mean, remember the game is, hmm. you know, based on a tabletop RPG, so yeah. multiplayer of some kind definitely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's not, a draw. Yeah. yeah, it's not a thing that needs to be there, especially if it's going to cause people's lives to be hell for the next few months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, multiplayer ain't that fucking important. Yeah. Uh, yeah so a... we'll just have to wait till September, but uh, I'm pretty sure the worth the wait's going to be worth it. CD yeah, Project yeah. Red hasn't let me down yet, so. Yeah. 
And that's the same thing I said about Bioware, and then Anthem came out. Mm. Yeah, just pay your developers. That's that's yeah, usually a helpful thing. Yeah. So, uh, in um, good news, uh, Google says that uh, they're going to have ten timed exclusives over the year 2020 for Stadia. And they think this Ooh. is good news. So that means there's ten games that I could get elsewhere if I wait a month. Okay. It's only one month exclusivity. I, I don't know what the, the timed window is, but uh, yeah, I don't think they've said. Yeah, they said. Uh, see, the company said it expects more than 120 games coming to Stadia in 2020, with quote more than 10 games in the first half of this year alone that will only be available on Stadia when they launch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are working with our partners to share more on those games soon. It's like yeah. you better tell people ahead of time. And, it's like, uh, what are the oh, ten the money hats must have been enormous. Yeah. It's like, you're announcing it, they're going to be exclusive before people know what the games are. So people are like, oh, it better not be, you know, this game or this game or that game or whatever. Mm. And it's like, now you've just pissed everybody off. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, they're looking at their expected releases for this year and like, okay, which one of these games are the, the secret ones that are not getting actually releasing on Steam or whatever? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not Cyberpunk, because uh, that's for sure. It's yeah. not going to be uh, Doom Eternal, because they're still taking pre-orders on that one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's probably some um, stuff that either hasn't been announced yet, or some indie stuff. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, either, either way, I don't see this as being much of a positive for anybody, because it's like, yeah, the Stadia is going to have time time exclusives. That, that, that's great. So for a foreseeable amount of time, you could play the worst version of the game. Uh, yeah, people love to hear that they're not going to be able to play their ideal version of the game uh, when it's going to launch. <laughs> people love that. Mm. Uh, it works out every single time. <laughs> yeah. uh, it only results in crucifixions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This is... The, the more that... I mean, Stadia is still looking like a clusterfuck in all uh, you know aspects. Uh, they're getting to the point where it actually resembles a decent platform because they, they got some of their features and stuff back back in place. You know, the stuff yeah. that should have been there at launch seems to be there now. Yeah, but like Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint has a neat feature where you can kind of see the feeds of the other players you're playing with, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is like a cool way to do that. Yeah, uh, kind of stuff. Use the fact that you're just got these video feeds for people. Yeah, you can just... it's like here, show it. The other people what's what they're doing yeah mm. she'd be like oh hey you idiot get over here yeah uh that kind of thing uh yeah it seems like they've got achievements in there from what their blog post says about this yeah. uh google assistant functionality which mm. i guess for uh all chromecast ultras can actually use stadia now yeah if they're in the pro subscription stuff yeah uh i guess they bought typhoon studios recently yep who's releasing uh, Journey to the Savage Planets here mm-hmm. in the next uh, uh, few weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. January 28th. So that one will be a Stadia exclusive. I'm pretty sure that's going to be one of them. No, that's still going to be releasing on everything. Because <laughs> uh, that's, a... that's published by 505. Oh, okay. So they've got prior contracts up for that game. Oh. So whatever they're working on next after that, yeah. it'll be uh, there. But yeah. Uh, what else they say here? We gave we surprised Stadia founders with a second buddy pass to game with more of their friends because you haven't really given much uh, value for their subscriptions so far. 
Uh, yeah. I'm not so sure that the buddy pass is very valuable at all. Uh, it's like, yeah, yeah. Give, give this pass to your friend and let them see how shitty it is. That's, yeah. I'm not sure it's having the desired effect. Mm. Yeah, what they need to do, at least at this point, is get like a like a family subscription, mm. so you can like go in with your friends and like, all right, we're gonna go in this together, so we can at least play together and ensure that like, you know, the three or four of us can have at least the three or four of us to play together with. Mm. I have to rely on having other people. You know, when you have MK11 on there, and it's like, okay, mm. uh, maybe get uh, in a match with somebody. May not be somebody of your skill level. I can uh, only imagine how shit MK11 is on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's Already worse? Fighting game, really? Yeah, they also yeah, have the Samurai, Samurai Showdown show. on there. I know. <laughs> I know. <sighs> but yeah, that's uh, that's a heck of a thing. Yeah, they're still working on getting 4K support for the the web version. Yeah, of Stadia, which. It's the thing that was supposed to be there at launch. Yeah, but well, at least you can that's buy not... games in the web browser now, so that's it, that's yeah. progress. Um, uh, support additional Android phones, wireless gameplay on the web through the Stadia controller. So I don't even do that thing. Yeah, it's like core things that the, were the whole appeal for their announcement. Yeah, it's like they're going to be getting them out here over the next three months. It says. Yeah, well, which you know we should also point out that uh, Stadia, like last year, Stadia actually launched. Uh, they specifically said it was early access that they were launching. Uh, yeah. So you know, in, in a lot of ways, we have to, we kind of have to give them some uh, some leeway because it's not really ready yet. Uh, yeah, but they're also making people year. pay for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, that's not new. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Can... But you know, it's not exactly been a hot commodity. No, uh, there aren't no. tons of people playing, and you're offering these multiplayer games that require, you know, a certain amount of an audience to be functional. Yeah. As far as giving you decent experiences, mm. and they're not hitting that because because uh, the prices are an issue. Because uh, some publishers don't give a shit about trying to get people to buy them on here. Yeah. There's like, if you want to buy it, all right. Here's the price. Sixty bucks. Good luck. Yeah, good a good luck chunk of their audience has probably hit their data cap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, they need to be treating these people like, all right, here's like, you know, a few games a month at least, if not more. Uh, here, check this stuff out. Like, Google can afford it. Mm, yeah. To take the could. hit on these games and give yeah. people, like, here's you know, here's ten games at launch that you can check yeah. out, uh, and like give them a chance for the audience to find a foothold here mm. versus just, ah, it's only going to work on the Chromecast Ultras we send with uh, uh, the subscription. Uh, not everybody, you know, you can't use 4K on the web uh, for those people. And, you know, all these caveats. Yeah. It just... definitely makes it feel like, you know, why the fuck are you paying for an incomplete service? Uh and still also being asked to pay, you know, 40 to 60 bucks for games. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, most beta tests, they give you the thing for free to play for X amount of time. You yeah. know, Google did that uh, with uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And it's like, all right. <laughs> I wasn't you're even asking a beta. A, that was like, like an alpha. It's like, yeah. If, if this That's, is what they consider ready to be paid for. So, yeah. You know. 
And it's like, yeah, obviously you're going to have the hardcore who are like just enamored by the the tech and all that. Yeah. But I also think there's just it's asking a lot of people to jump in on this incomplete service yeah. versus waiting for it to hit uh, actual launch when it's free to everybody to check out. Yeah. Which and it's then supposed make to be in a few weeks. So. Yeah. Hmm. Jeez, they don't hmm. even mention anything about that. Yeah. Here, <laughs> there's like we're just we're just trying to get the shit in here. Yeah, the thing that we've said was going to be here. Yeah, for me, my my biggest problem with these streaming services, you know, Stadia, Microsoft's uh, X Cloud, you know, PlayStation Now, whatever else, uh, Blade Shadow, which was actually kind of cool. But the biggest problem with all of these is that it doesn't address the fundamental problem with any of them. It's the internet. Yep, none of them are doing anything to go like. Uh, we have to fix the internet for this to work properly. It's just, you know, like like just this morning, uh, I couldn't get to smashpad.com. Server yeah. was functional. Just yeah, DNS didn't work. Couldn't couldn't reach it. So yeah. you know, and that's that's the kind of shit that happens all the time. It's internet weather. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's but that's also not there's something like, oh Google, you have to fix the internet. You have to fix the government that doesn't have net neutrality uh, in action anymore to make it easier for you to distribute your product to people at a decent price. Yeah. Versus them having to pay for data caps and all this other bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Especially when they're saying, like, oh, the ISPs will Will help make it easier for you guys. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. No, they're not. There's a reason why that some of the most hated companies in the country are Comcast and uh, AT&T and these other companies. And Verizon. Yeah. 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 It's like your best chance are uh, actually like the small ISPs. Yeah. Who are you know, actually doing work for uh, to get people happy mm. uh, and usually don't have caps or anything like that. Yeah. Because uh, they know that uh, they want to keep people around. Yeah. They're not they're not banking off the fact that like there's only one major provider in, you know, each area. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, if you're not happen to be uh, in an unlucky place that just has that, it's like they're just going to take everything you can hmm. from you know, for the the fact that you're their audience. Yeah. You're the only game in town. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You know, these companies have monopolies in their areas, and it was it was designed. The system was designed that way. So, mm-hmm. you know, fundamentally, it's kind of flawed. So, I I don't know why all of these companies are pushing towards uh, launching products into a market that isn't physically able to sustain it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Netflix. It is not a did hospitable that. environment. No. Yeah. Though, like Netflix, like. You can say like it wasn't like the way it is right now was not like that back when Netflix launched. Like they had to mm. do the work as well to get uh, the ISPs on board to help them out. Yeah. So, but, but Netflix did like, the work. That's the thing. Yeah. Google's just like we're Google. Yeah. We tried to be an ISP for like a couple of years and we gave up on that. Yeah. And it's like and that's what? where they really fucked up. Yeah. yeah. My friend is still on uh, on them as an ISP. Mm. I don't know how long that's going to last, but yeah. still there for now. So what's going to happen to all that infrastructure? Eh, it's still there. I mean, I don't think it's going anywhere. You know, we'll probably Google will probably just end up selling it off to somebody. 
at some point. Alrighty, we move on to uh, GTA being delisted because of games for Windows and the fact that it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, this is a whole weird thing because that when that came out, Games for Windows Live was a thing. Mm-hmm. A bunch of games used it. Uh, what else? Fallout Three used it, mm-hmm. uh, which had the hilarious thing of people being able to just pull up the console and just unlock Achievement One, unlock Achievement Two, unlock Achievement Three, kind of thing. Just gets uh, the full one thousand in you know ten fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it took from to type it up. Uh, uh, what was was Dark Souls one of those games? Maybe uh, uh, around that time. Dark Souls Two, I think, was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Grand Theft Auto Four was one of them, and obviously it was a big game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of big uh, modding scene around it. Uh, Rockstar never got around to getting rid of it once uh, games for Windows Live disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they've run into a weird issue. Where, as they say in their statement, Grand Theft Auto Four was originally created for the games for Windows Live platform. Microsoft no longer supporting games for Windows Live is no longer possible to generate the additional keys needed to continue selling the current version of the game. We are looking at other options for distrib- distributing GTA 4 for PC. We'll share more information as soon as we can. <laughs> they were horrifically underprepared. Uh, yeah, it's basically anybody who would buy GTA 4 would run into the problem that you couldn't activate it because you couldn't get a key. Yeah. Because it's a platform that hasn't really been in use in like 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, like, which, you can't get a key to activate it, but there's no servers to activate the key on. So you, you can see the problem yeah. here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's just also an issue with Microsoft in general with the support for this thing. I'm not yeah. finding a way to like fold it into their Xbox Live stuff uh, on PC now. Yeah. Because like I've heard from people like, oh yeah, I bought. Uh, Viva Pinata on PC through Games for Windows Live. <laughs> How the fuck do I get access to that? <laughs> uh, uh, and it's like, crack yeah, it. uh, that's how you get that's how you get access to it. Yeah, it's oh. like, uh, you know, if like the the current people at Microsoft were somehow able to go back to that stuff and find a way to fold it back into it, uh, get those uh, yeah uh, account systems and ownership information, somehow be able to fold it into Microsoft. And like get Viva Pinata back up on like the Windows Store or whatever, because I mean, people would still like that game to yeah, have it. I, I think uh, that would be doable. It's just a matter of putting the effort in to actually do it. Uh, yeah, and therein lies the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't I know mean, if they necessarily think that's something that people want. Yeah, for well, as much as they're. Hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I think Rockstar will probably end up actually end up doing it. Uh, yeah. because you know GTA is like any any version of GTA will sell for them. So. Yeah, just use the money you make for the next six months from GTA Five online, and just fund this uh, <laughs> porting initiative to Steamworks or whatever. Yeah, to. Steamworks or whatever, and figure out like, a patch. Just get it all onto yeah. there. But yeah, and I'm sure Valve take a will throw it to help you out. Yeah, you know, uh, they can figure it out. Yeah, well, they got the money. Yeah, they can. They're not hurt. They it's will. not like it's not like uh, it was weird. When I was trying to play Fallout Three recently on PC, and I was like, "Oh, check the add-ons." It's like I think I bought all of them, so I checked it and it's like brought up. It's like brought me an error of like not having games for Windows Live, and I had to Google it. And it's like, "Oh, you need to download this games for Windows Live uh, uh, installer here." And I'm like, this is 2019. What the fuck am I doing installing games for Windows Live on my <laughs> PC <laughs> to make sure that my 
that I have all the add-ons yeah. on Fallout 3. It's like, how the fuck did Bethesda not port this over mm. to their own stuff or Steam or whatever? Yeah. They're selling it on to make sure it's all working properly. Like, mm. like they've made shit tons of money off of this game, especially mm. on PC. Mm. There's no reason they can't fund this. Yeah. It's just uh, a lack of interest in going back to that code, yeah. I guess, to make it all work properly. Because hmm. I remember launching it, because when you go to access it in the game, it brings up like a Windows, Games for Windows Live interface. I was like clicking on that and it would just freeze because hmm. it doesn't have any servers or whatever to access. I was like, yeah. what achievements do I have tied to this version? And it's just like stopped and it's like, okay, I guess I have to quit and just never click on this pay, this <laughs> this thing on the on the, the game's launcher ever again. It's like I got the add-ons, I think, uh, but from there, I don't, I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, I, I think the the GOG version of the of Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas actually have that stuff stripped out. I don't know why they wouldn't have done it for the Steam version, though. Yeah, That's weird. Hmm. It must just be like I, it's not broken, so we're not going to touch it. Kind of <laughs> Except that now it is. <laughs> it's Maybe. completely broken. It kind of works. Yeah. Uh, well, I tried to play Bulletstorm the other day, and I couldn't get it anywhere, so... Oh, yeah, that would be Games for Windows Live. Yep. Yeah, that weird era of PC gaming where they tried to shoehorn this whole thing. And it's like it's not like it's a bad idea. Like, Ubisoft has their stuff logged into Uplay. Mm. The problem is it's functional enough to be updated and all that. It wasn't an entire platform yeah. that had to live within the game, and then... Microsoft got disinterested in PC gaming for a bit and said, eh, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. Uh, Ubisoft doesn't do that because they use it on everything. Yep. It's, it's their whole network backend that they use for all their games. Yeah. Uh, where Microsoft's like, we're going to create this special thing just for PC instead of using all the stuff they've been doing before. Because hmm. it's not like they have an OS or anything. No, no, not at all. <laughs> that they can just use as the backend for all this. Yeah. Uh, and now you, and now we're at the weird point where I was. My grandma just got a new computer on Windows 10 because her trying to keep her old one functioning in a decent way mm-hmm. uh, without being able to get like Edge on there. This is like a nightmare. <laughs> so they pitched in and got her a newer one, and I was showing her like, oh yeah, you can go here on the Windows Store and get you know Solitaire, Microsoft Solitaire, and you just play this all day long if you want. Mm. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna get you online because she had the Microsoft account she had to make to log in on Windows 10. Mm. And it's like, oh, it wants you to make a gamer tag. <laughs> and I was like, what? What do you want it to be? Like the thing she picked out actually went the first time. Didn't mm. have to add numbers or anything to it. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> well, they did purge a lot of gamer tags at one point, so. Yeah, but this is like an old lady mm. uh, gamer tag <laughs> thing, and it's like, all right, probably sure. why nobody thought of it. <laughs> Maybe mm. I don't know. Yeah, I would figure that uh, with all the the old people playing uh, all those games on uh, PC with uh, Solitaire and all that, I would figure they would the a lot of those names would be taken up. But who knows? Mm. Oh, well. yeah. And uh, yeah, speaking of Ubisoft. Uh... Yeah, there, there's some ch- changes going on in their uh, editorial division. Apparently, uh, they've started to realize that maybe making their games all the same is kind of a bad thing. Yeah. 
Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, the, the specific example they cite was the fact that the Breakpoint and the Division 2 are really look kind of similar and play very similarly and deal with similar topics. And yeah. Uh, so it's. Uh, Jeez, it's almost like they're part of the same brand. Mm-hmm. They're all both Tom Clancy games. Yeah. <laughs> no. You've genericized that whole brand to the degree it's. You can't tell any other games tell. apart anymore. This oh. one's in the forest, and this one's in the city. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, so running around killing a bunch of people. Yep, picking up loot and ranking up your character. Yep, and that's pretty much all you do. <laughs> and possibly spend a bunch of money on microtransactions because that's what Ubisoft mm-hmm. wants you to do. Sometimes you do it in a car. Sometimes it's on a bike. Mm. Sometimes it's uh, walking. Sometimes you're riding a ship. Sometimes <laughs> yep. you're just stabbing people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, what's going on here is the uh, the head of editorial. He's not uh, leaving, even though a lot of people think he probably should have. Uh, he's just going to get a bunch of deputies that are kind of going to work a little more autonomously. Um, so hopefully there's going to be a bit more variety and stuff that shows up. Uh, it might lead to, uh, you know, maybe IPs getting lit that uh, normally wouldn't have. So uh, it's good news in one way. Uh, whether, you know, they actually commit to it is going to be uh, interesting to, to see. So. Putting on the editorial team seems like the not the issue. <laughs> seems like you're serving them up uh, stuff that's hard to differentiate in like an exciting way. When they're just writing up their blog posts, it's yeah. Like, well, I think the, it's not really their fault for that. It's the problem. The problem is, is that this is not like editorial as far as the communications goes. This is editorial as far as production goes. Uh, yeah, these are the guys that that create the design docs that the, the Ubisoft teams uh, follow through on. Uh, so yeah, there needs to be a bit more variety going on in there. So yeah, we'll we'll see how it develops. I guess. Mm-hmm. How about you let uh, you let Red Links go back and just make their weird fucking bike games, not have them be uh, never-ending nightmares of uh, loot boxes and all that. Yeah, what uh, the hell happened to that last one? Ugh. Let mm-hmm. Michelle Ansel do his weird Rayman games. Yeah, because uh, those are actually good. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and do more of those like the indie stuff, like Child of Lights and. All that, that was actually pretty cool. They've yeah. kind of gotten away from. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of stuff, good stuff they've done over the past, like, ten years that they're not really doing as much of these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they seem to be getting some kind of message, and they're acting on something, because they've delayed a bunch of games. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're making changes in management. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see if they actually, you know, be able to turn something around. I, I think yeah, Beyond Good and Evil 2 is going to be a really interesting example of this because mm-hmm. it's coming in right smack in the middle of all these changes. So it's going to be yeah. weird to see if it just turns into a mishmash or if it's more focused. The game is already you know. just weird as fuck. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it is just what we, know, what we know about it. Yeah. It's just like, kind of just like, hey, let's make this weird like space combat game, but also... With like GTA stuff in it, and, and it takes 
20 years to make. <laughs> yeah. Because who knows who's working on it any one time. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. Wait and see. And they got this weird crowdsourcing thing going for some of the art assets. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> I suspect. Anyways, and for our last story, we want to talk about the uh, Smash Brothers Direct that happened this week. And uh, <laughs> managed to piss off the co- community, but it really, uh, you know, you could piss off the community by just looking at them because they'll just get. Yeah, I was going to say, when do they not piss off the Smash community? Yeah, because yeah. I saw people were like, "Oh, it's going to be Dante. It's going to be this and this and that and this," and they're like, "Here's another Fire Emblem character." Yeah. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it's Billeth. And, and uh, I mean, get, get, to be and to be fair to Sakurai, this is the Fire Emblem character from the Fire Emblem that is the most successful in the ser- in the franchise's history. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, the most uh, waifu game mm-hmm. Nintendo's ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, which yeah, but also, it I think it brings Fire Emblem up to the second, uh, tied for second, like the the most. Uh, characters in a franchise in the in that game yeah just behind mario yeah it's like tied with uh uh i forget what the other ones are but a lot of the, the big Mar- the big nintendo stuff but yeah it's like all right i guess we got enough for the people with the uh, the swords and the the anime hair and all that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so we got that going on uh there was a bunch of me fighter skins that showed up as well those were kind of cool and yeah. two more mega men mm-hmm uh, the one from Battle Network and the one from X. Yep. Because uh, I guess there's a big difference between them. Mm. I don't know. They're completely different characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that, but they're also they're guys in blue suits that shoot mm. the things. Yeah. That's like it's not too much difference. Mm. Um, but yeah, the what else was there? There's a Altair because I guess that's the Assassin Creed character they bring in. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like that was, uh, geez, that was 13 years ago. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Assassin's Creed uh, 1 was 13 years ago. Jesus Christ. And I oh, saw yeah. that, and I saw the, the model, I was like, that looks like a fucking Xbox avatar. I know it's based <laughs> on Mii's, but that looks like literally an outfit you could get on the Xbox 360. I think it was Probably an was. You could get. <laughs> I think I, I was like, it just has like a dumb me face under it instead of the Xbox avatar face yeah. mm. on it. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And I forget what the other one was. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Cuphead. Mm. Cuphead. That actually looks pretty nice. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, mm. That one's kind of cool. So. Yeah. yeah, they don't. Let's see. What's. Oh, yeah. And there's a dumb fucking rabbit. Yeah. No, it's like it's like somebody with a rabbit head on it. Mm. A me with a rabbit head on it. And it's like. <laughs> What the oh, fuck? Okay, then. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess this is about as much as that IP deserves. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, so their uh, Kingdom Battle was actually pretty popular, so, yeah, there was that. Yeah. So. But also that was more popular because of the Mario characters in it. True. Hmm. Uh, that's why people liked it a lot. Hmm. Even though the rabbit part was pretty cool, because like mm. there's all these dumb rabbits that are imitating Mario people and making fun of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Sakurai's uh, like uh, response to this has been uh, <laughs> he, he gives no fucks at this point. <laughs> he threw that, so much shade at 
basically anyone in the community who's complained about Fire Emblem or sword-based characters over the last however many years. It yeah. was amazing. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's like, if you go look back at the history of games and anime and all, it's like, how many characters use a sword? Like, 50% of them. <laughs> uh, it's not like there's a huge variety in them. Uh, but also, the community has hardened him into the person he is now. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, you take it, you will enjoy this. You are basically uh, BDSM people. Uh, you just take it and uh, Sakurai will give it to you and you will enjoy it. And give us the money for it because that is what you deserve. Basically. Yeah. It started in the actual character trailer where they were um, – where Byleth first goes into uh, Smash and just gets bodied by other swordsmen, and then uh, there are some some lines in there about there already being too many swordsmen, and yeah, <laughs> it it was clear who they were really talking to. Yeah, and also the the character people wanted was also a swordsman. Mm. Dante is a Dante swordsman, is kind of a swordsman, so. You could have literally uh, swapped by- Billith out and then put Dante in, and that trailer still would have made sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. But at the you same just... time, it's like um, Sakurai is pretty much going out of his way at this point to say, this is not a democracy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I don't think no. it is in his case either. I mean, he's, from what I, from what I understand, the uh, decisions as far as... Uh, what characters are going into the character pass is Nintendo's and not his. So, well, it's weird. Sakurai downplays his role in it, and Nintendo says that um, he actually has a major role in the selections. So, it, it just surprised. seems like nobody is really trying to own it. But mm. yeah, I would be surprised if Nintendo just brings ideas they have from their partners, hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, we could do this, we'll do that, you know, that kind of thing." Hmm. Like, yeah, this works kind of thing where it's like it's kind of both yeah uh but they also announced another season of passes yeah. uh, six more six characters this time for people to obsess oh. about for the next six months another thing uh when they were going over the fire emblem series hmm. uh it didn't seem altogether necessary that sakurai was counting in binary on his hand mm-hmm. <laughs> but it did lead to another message that <laughs> had to have been delivered loud and clear. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, that that was fun. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, that that had to have been intentional. <laughs> so, yeah. It's uh yeah, it's Oh, Smash seems like it's in a pretty good place as far as character selection goes. Uh Yeah. If you're going to add six six more, like yeah, there's going to be a whole lot of speculation as to what those six are going to be. Yeah, people want Dante. Other, I'm not sure why. Another thing that um, I sh- I need to add here is that I finally went back and watched the Terry Bogard video, mm-hmm. like the 45 minute one. If Sakurai ever gets tired of being the being the Smash guy. Mm-hmm. at Nintendo and nothing else, I bet there's another studio out there that would open its doors to him wholeheartedly. And from what I saw in that video, he'd love every minute of it too. 
Yeah, he's uh... <laughs> very much an SNK fan. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, wonder where that ends up going. Wonder if that was just a uh, a warm up for what we might see in the future. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the the Devil May Cry thing, uh, the Dante thing, was coming from because Devil May Cry three, they announced the style switcher mm-hmm. for the Switch version, uh, and so I think people were probably like, "Oh, these are probably related." So um, of course, because everything is related to Smash Brothers in some form, no, mm. or another. The style switcher was from DMC four, which was yeah uh, one mechanic that the, was in there. Yeah, they're adding that to three for the Switch. Yeah. Uh, that'll be exclusive, I guess, to that version. Yeah. So people are like, obviously are announcing this because they're going to put Dante into Smash mm. uh, as well. And it's like... I mean, they I could. Guess maybe. He, he would yeah. fit, but... Because at this point, any character would pretty much fit into Smash. Yeah. For, some reason, Go ahead. for some reason, I just get the feeling that Chrono's going to be in this pack. That would be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. You could do a lot with his character because uh-huh. <laughs> there's that. Although, of course, if you put Chrono in there, everybody's going to say, "Why not Frog?" Of course, yeah. You could have alternate skins or whatever for it. Yeah. Then uh, you have to have Robo's theme. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, but you should have that in, in in everything anyway. So yeah. Mm. Uh, then people can do their uh, Rick roll. <laughs> stuff in there. Mm. Uh, it's got to see... Yeah. Who would I like to see in there? Well, he's probably in there already. Pac-Man. Yeah, he's in there. Isn't yeah. Yeah, he's in there. He was in the Wii one? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so he made it over. Yeah. Mm. Mm, there's a lot of cool characters there. Get the dog from Picross 3D. Mm. No, you know who I want to see? Norman Reedus from Death Stranding. Mm. You know, Sakurai could probably pull that off. <laughs> he mean, could. He is, uh, he is buddies with Kojima. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So. Anyway. And I mean, Snake's already in there. Yeah. Still in I there. Think, I think we could get Chrono. I think we could get a a character from Trails of, or Trials of Mana. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I mean, I'd I like, like to see path would be another route they could take with Square Enix. Yeah, or go, go further back, and you can put someone like Sabin in from from Six. That would be interesting. Mm. They could do a lot of fun stuff with his inputs too. Yeah, since he had them to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, cue uh, fifty thousand posts on the internet. Obsessing about who the next six people could be. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like there weren't rumors before, where yeah. a lot were wrong. Because I heard like Doom Guy was one of them. I was gonna be on the the first pass, and it's like, no, I don't think that ever happened. Nope, it didn't. So anyway, all right. So I guess uh, we'll wrap it up here. I mean, we could speculate about what characters are gonna be in Smash, but like the rest of the internet is gonna do that for us, so we don't really have to do that. Uh, so I'd like to remind you guys, if you haven't checked out SmashPad.com, you can do that. We've got some stuff coming up soon. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the show, you could do that at anchor.fm slash update. So, uh, for uh, Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, and Chris Sologi, I have been Philippe Odonofo, and we'll see you next week.